We've got a very USHL episode today. We'll we'll talk about the US NTDP guys, the main names, Cole Iserman, Cole Hudson, uh, and a bunch more. And we'll talk about some more USHL prospects outside of the NTDP, all coming up on today's episode of Locked On NHL Prospects. You are Locked On NHL Prospects, part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. Hello and welcome back to Locked On NHL Prospects, part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. On this podcast, we break down everything prospects related for you five days a week, Monday to Friday. I'm Hattie Kalakash, joined by Sebastian High. And on today's episode, we'll focus a lot on the NTDP and the USHL in general. We'll start with four main NTDP guys in our first two segments. We'll start off with the big guys, Cole Iserman and Cole Hudson. Um, two very interesting potential first-rounders uh, who are looking really well, including a Cole Iserman who's really improved since I've last watched him. Um, and then we'll talk about uh, some more USHL guys outside of the NTDP in our third segment. There's some pretty interesting names. Trevor Conley, Sasha Boivard, Michael Hage. We'll get into all of those names coming up on today's show. But before we get into it, this episode is brought to you by FanDuel Sportsbook, official sportsbook of Locked On. Make every moment more. Right now, new customers can bet $5 and get 200 in bonus bets guaranteed. Visit FanDuel.com slash Locked On to get started. And if you're watching on your, uh, if you're watching on YouTube, make sure to like and subscribe. Leave us a comment, letting us know what you want us to talk about next. And if you have any questions, leave them down below. And if you're listening on your favorite podcasting platform, whether that's Spotify, Odyssey, Apple Podcasts, wherever it is, make sure to make us your first listen of the day. So, Sebastian, let's get started here with. Um, we'll start with Cole Eiserman. I think it's a great starting point for this NTDP team. I think he's the draft eligible for this year. Um, I don't see anyone else really cracking the top twenty and. Eisenman has shown me more and more that it looks a bit like a top five pick. So, you know, we'll start off there. I mean, we watched him. Our first really, or our first real focus viewing on him was probably the the um, the U twenty uh, summer showcase for the World Juniors, uh, where Team USA faced off against Finland and Sweden and all that good stuff. And we saw we saw a Cole Eisenman that was a bit, you know simple-minded in terms of what he was doing. It wasn't really much complex hockey. It was mainly just, let me pass a puck to my teammate, get open, take a shot. And we were waiting to see a bit more surrounding skill and just the ability to get open and shoot because obviously he's good at that. He's extremely good at that. Um, but yeah, since I've last watched him, I mean, I've seen a lot of progress first in his ability to carry the puck. He's a lot more willing to to carry the puck into dangerous areas himself rather than just letting his teammates do all the heavy lifting transition wise for him. Um, he's also getting off the boards a lot, using, using his frame a lot better. You know, we talked in a recent episode about Iserman being the type of player who has the tools to become a power forward, but hasn't put them together. I saw a lot more putting it together um, in, in this most recent viewing. Um, but yeah, what do you kind of like about Iserman outside of his kind of goal scoring ability that you would say, could put him in a top five position because on a lot of rankings he's either number two or number three really for sure no i, I think the fact that we're having this conversation already sets us apart a little bit from the at least very very early season consensus here where it, it really is kind of the celebrating eisenman draft in the eyes of many and i mm -hmm. think for us it's kind of like demidov is, is definitely more in that top two conversation at, at this point in time but uh Cole Eiserman is a really intriguing player because, as you said, like 
in the summer showcase, it was very straightforward hockey. But yeah. I saw flashes last season uh, where, while yes, he was still very much playing like solo brand of hockey with the NTDP last year, there were flashes of brilliance where where, where we saw him putting like a layering a bunch of tools together, whether it be his shot, his mobility, his um, his his power game as well, like like mo- mobility in terms of like powerful stride rather than stride mechanics. He's not the the prettiest skater in the world, yeah. But um, yeah, like he he's a very interesting player, and I think that if he's able to continue to build on that power game as a foundation and to maybe lean a bit closer to power forward than sniper, I think he'd be a lot more effective all over the ice because. Uh, in games where I've seen him play that power role more, and this season I've seen glimpses of that, of that too, uh, he's been a lot more engaged off puck all over the ice, whether it be in the defensive zone or in the offensive zone. And I think that's a big key for Eisenman is being involved as much as he can because he's a very skilled player and he can make a difference even when the puck isn't on a stick, but uh, the proactivity to actually go out and do that isn't always quite there. So yeah. I think that... that, that leaning into that physical side and and leaning into that higher intensity hockey which he can uh, i think that would really really help his development this season uh, and also his nhl projection long term yeah i feel like uh, with eiserman you're getting a player who almost definitely if he's at his best will always be accelerating the pace of play he's not the type of yes. player to slow things down and kind no, of he's not. he's not he's not a he's not a chess player on the ice um he, he's very much the type of player who you get him the puck he's going to drive the net he should at least drive the net um create off a stick uh play quick given goes and and immediately open himself up to shoot um but yeah, I mean, I, I I don't expect Cole Eiserman to become a high-end thinker of the game, the type of player who builds play methodically. He's obviously a finisher and a player with a big body, a big frame, and he can learn to use it very well. But it's been promising so far. I, I can understand. I'm not I'm not in the top two conversation yet, but I there's definitely an argument to, to pick him in the top five at this point. I think that there's definitely one. Um, and we're still kind of different you know, in terms of, of what we've convened about on this podcast so far versus yeah. what everyone seems to agree on, even with that assessment. Um, sure. But I was a guy who I could definitely see at fifth overall, fourth overall, maybe um, as the type of guy I would pick in that range. Um, but real quick on Cole Hudson, I mean, we've talked a bit about his production and his similarity to Lane Hudson, but we haven't really talked about how he's been doing so far this season. And mm-hmm. from what I've seen, I'm not really too hopeful about what's going on there. Um if he he has basically cranked up to 100 both the qualities and the flaws that we see in this game right i mean a great puck carrier a fantastic creative dynamic player with so much i mean he's the only player on the ice who can compete with james hagan's in terms of just pure dynamism and creativity um but man defensively like it's it's bad right it's a slog to watch and to scout, and yeah. um, it, it it is just that heavy contrast to his offensive game. Like I I wrote up a game report about uh, on Cole Hudson last last week, and it's yeah. just everything about it. It's just it, it, his entire game is dichotomized. It's just like it's mm-hmm. black and white. It's it's offense defense being just so completely different. Yeah, yeah truly like, like really polarizing and. 
uh, he's a fascinating prospect for that reason. And uh, the more I've been watching this season, the, I'm getting a little bit more concerned now than I was maybe a month ago. Uh, like it's yeah. been a slow start for him as well. And uh, we talked yesterday about uh, how Lane Hudson's got, how he had a slightly slow start in Boston, uh, but quickly found his footing. I think Cole's taking a bit longer this season. I, mm-hmm. I, I actually, I, I thought he was playing better uh, like at the U 18s last uh, in April than he, than he has been uh, this season so far. So I, I'd like to see him uh, like start <laughs> being a bit more proactive and, and, and lean into his offense a bit more. His production hasn't popped off the page just yet yet. And it should with his skill set. and uh, the defensive game needs to take some strides, but uh, I'm still of the mind that the offensive game is so overwhelmingly good that he, has to be inside a, t- a top 32 ranking at least at this point in the season like where i i feel i haven't seen enough yet to to bump him further down than that but yeah. uh, definitely set some question marks uh having arisen there and it's definitely not like a powerhouse ntdp like like um draft eligible roster this year like yeah. james Hagens would, would bump that, that that team up a couple notches oh, yeah. but he's a 2025 so for the 2024 guys, it, it, it is a lot quieter than it has in the last couple of seasons. I mean, mm-hmm. both of the last, like, what, two, three, four drafts, we've seen a ton of U.S. Uh, of NTDP players pushing inside the top 10. And it, there's likely just that one this year, as you mentioned. So it's, yeah. it's a bit of a weaker lineup this year. But uh, still a fun team, and uh, I'm still enjoying my NTDP viewings, uh, which is always nice because there is a ton of skill in that lineup. But uh, I, I do have to say, I think half the fun of watching that team play is in James Higgins, and yeah. he doesn't quite count to this draft class just yet. So, uh, yeah, that, not the strongest NTDP roster of all time. For sure. Uh, and we'll continue our NTDP coverage in the second segment with two more names that we really like in um, Will Skahan and Camille Beknarik. But before we get into it, quick word from our sponsors over at Sleeper. The new NHL season has already begun, and there are so many opportunities to get involved. Whether it is cheering on your team on their road to the Stanley Cup or your favorite player on their road to scoring 50 goals this season, you can also get involved hands-on with daily fantasy hockey on Sleeper. All you have to do is pick whether studs like Connor McDavid, Alex Ovechkin, uh, or Sidney Crosby will record specific statistics in the next week of play. Uh, To win a 100 times bet on Sleeper, you need to correctly predict the outcome of eight player stats. You can win 100 times your money by playing daily fantasy hockey with Sleeper, so start paying attention and nail your picks so you can start winning big. Use promo code LOCKDOWNNHL and you'll get up to a $100 match on your first deposit. Terms and conditions apply. That's code LOCKDOWNNHL. See Sleeper's terms of use for details and locational availability. Alrighty, so moving on to our second segment, we'll talk about uh, two more NTDP prospects. I'll start off with Will Skahan, because I've watched a decent bit of him, and I've been a decent fan of kind of what I've seen. Um, Skahan is very much a two-way defenseman uh, in the pure sense. He reminds me a lot of Ryan Chesley from a couple drafts ago, Um, the type of player who doesn't necessarily stand out at anything, has a decent shot, really good defensively, but also decent enough offensively. Um, Just a well-rounded product with a lot of pro elements. I feel like a lot of teams are going to get um interested in that kind of profile of player as they did with Ryan Chesley uh, who I believe was drafted before Seamus Casey right 
He was really indeed, was. yeah. Exactly. Yeah. Uh, which is weird because Seamus Casey, in hindsight, is just looking a lot better. Um, Lane so, Hudson, yeah. too. Yeah, no, exactly. Uh, Ch- Chelsea being the first of those three to get picked was really, really weird. But um, yeah, I mean, y- you look at the profile with Skahan and you can just see exactly what NHL teams like. And I wouldn't be surprised at all if he goes into that kind of Andrew Gibson territory of being picked like way earlier than he probably should in kind of the 40 range. Um, maybe even into the first round, like a guy like Oliver Bonk. I mean, it's it's that type of player who just brings a profile of, of play that is first very translatable, but second also is the type of profile that you can see NHL teams really searching for in their defensemen. So Skehan is a really good rush defender, really good stick control as well. Um, his mobility is decent enough. I, I don't I wouldn't say it's anything outlandish. Um, but it's decent enough that he's able to close the gaps and his mindset on closing those gaps is really solid. I mean, he's an aggressive physical defenseman when he needs to be, um, but doesn't kind of take himself out of position regularly. Um, it's just offensively, I see a well-rounded player with a decent shot, but nothing really that kind of jumps out at you in terms of skill set. He's not a really particularly good puck handler, especially if you contrast him with Cole Hudson. It's just night and day. I mean, he, he he's a simple kind of underhandling um you know, pass it up the boards and hit your first outlet type of guy. He's not necessarily the, you know, deceive one layer, send another layer the other way, you know, pass it cross grain while doing a, a mohawk, you know, that he's not that type of player. He's a very simplistic type of, so yeah, I've, I've been fairly impressed with, with what Skahan has given, um, especially defensively, but do you have a take on him that, you know, have you seen anything about him that can indicate to you that, oh yeah, this is definitely a first rounder or are we not in that territory yet? I haven't been convinced of first round upside just yet. I think yeah. uh, like the Ryan Chesley comparable is one that, that that's also come to mind. Uh, but you've watched him more closely than I have. I think I've mainly caught him in passing without my other NTP viewings this year. Yeah. Uh, but yeah, like I, I see a player who is able to slow down the pace of play quite well. He can clear the net front. He's a he's a decent transition defender in my passing viewings. Yeah. Uh, do, does does the typical big body defenseman things quite well. Yeah. Uh, and 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 he he seems to be the 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 main big body traditional defenseman in that NTP lineup this year. So uh, he he probably will get drafted relatively high because uh, we always see people playing a lot of minutes with a lot of inches of height uh, yeah. if in the NTP NTP getting drafted pretty high. Uh, mm-hmm. But yeah, I, I I can't say I'm fully convinced just yet. No, for sure. Uh, but moving on to Camille Bidnarik, um, you've watched him a lot closer than I have. Yeah. Um, what's your take on him so far? What do you like about his game overall? He's fun. I, I, he's, he's a strong skater. He has a really strong lower body, which he uses to get around the ice really, really well. And he's also starting to leverage it at times to, to show flashes of the power game uh, because he does have that strength and, and intensity at times in his puck crushers. I've seen him doggedly attack the middle lane off puck and just like drive through both defenders, pulling them all the way back, buying a ton of space for his line mate with the puck. Uh, like there's been these flashes, though they haven't been the most consistent. And at, at this point in time, he's pr- he's probably like a top half of the second round player uh, in my eyes at, uh, so far, uh, because at times he can overestimate his own abilities. He can bite off more than he can chew on the ice with the puck. Uh, he's tried uh, some Logan Cooley, Will Smith esque uh, offensive maneuvers and. He's not Logan work. Cooley or Will Smith, and it just doesn't work uh, because very few players can actually execute those plays. 
uh, and he's a bit more reactionary than he has planned in the offensive zone. And like uh, he, he he likes to 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 implement the, his his movement and try to, to to shift angles, but it's rarely proactive. It's a bit more habitual. So I think yeah. that's something that he will have to kind of learn to build on, but. As a habit, I think it's it, it's all right because it, it brings him into positions where he can use his skill to to create offensive opportunities. Yeah. Uh, just at this point in time, it's not quite the most consistent just yet. And overall, the the professional habits are very much still a work in progress. Like he crowds the short side often in transition uh, off pucks. So a couple of things that are definitely works in progress. But as a whole. This is a, a pretty entertaining skilled player. He's a plus level passer, decent motor, good physicality. I think the defensive game could grow with that toolkit, uh, though the scanning habits are still a bit of a work in progress. But as a whole, he's fun and skilled and uh, probably a, a top, like, definitely a top five most fun player on that NTP roster in my eyes. So I've, I've enjoyed scouting him so far. For sure, and definitely understandable. Um, that wraps it up for our second segment. Um, uh, we're going to go into some USHL prospects that are outside of the NTDP. There are three very interesting ones in, in this year, which is highly unusual. You usually see one, maybe two. Um, the three very interesting ones that I think have decent first-round upside. Um, we'll get into that uh, in just a second, but first we'll have a quick word from two sponsors, first at Indeed and second on FanDuel. If you're looking to hire for your company, Indeed is the best spot to take care of that. Um, they're, they're the hiring platform where you can attract, interview, and hire all in one place. You don't need to spend hours on multiple job sites looking for candidates and then you know going through the interview process, the first draft, second draft, all that stuff. You can find top talent fast with Indeed's suite of powerful hiring tools like Indeed Instant Match, assessments, and virtual interviews. Speaking of Instant Match, I think it's a very interesting tool that could help you, you, you very much in terms of hiring people for your company. With Instant Match, as soon as you sponsor a post, you get a short list of quality candidates whose resumes on Indeed more or less match what you're looking for, and then you can invite them to apply right away. And people who you invite to apply through Instant Match are three times more likely to apply to your job than candidates who only see it in search, according to US Indeed data. Um, so Indeed knows when you're growing your own business, you have to make every dollar count. And that's why with Indeed, you only pay for quality applications that match your must-have job requirements. So visit Indeed.com slash on to start hiring now. That's Indeed.com slash on. Terms and conditions apply. Cost per application pricing not available for everyone. But if you need to hire, you need Indeed. Kick off the NFL season with FanDuel, America's number one sportsbook. Right now, new customers will get $150 in bonus bets with any winning $5 money line bet. That's $150 if your team wins. If you've been thinking about joining FanDuel, there's no better time to get in on the action because you can use that uh, th those bonus bets on anything, ranging from spreads to player props to over and unders and far more. So visit FanDuel.com slash LockedOn and kick off the NFL season. FanDuel, official partner of the NFL. Alrighty, so anything's off with our final segment here. We'll talk about some USHL players outside of the NTDP that have impressed so far. We'll start with Trevor Conley because um, he's extremely skilled. He he does play a junior style, but my goodness, the hands are insane. The shooting's insane. I mean, the, the ability to find seams to pass through are is really impressive. And I feel like you can build around that fairly well. 
Um, the main concern with Conley first is uh, the character issues. There have been a lot of rumors and, and, and discussions around that. Um, not only regarding what happened when he was 16 with, uh, you know, uh, a not ideal um, uh, symbol that he made with some books, but um, there's also been some rumblings around the scouting sphere about, you know, issues with teammates, that kind of stuff. I mean, there's a there's a shaky foundation there, and I could see a lot of teams getting turned off by that. And they have before. There have been multiple examples of teams skipping on really good players because there have been concerns with um, character issues. Um, I think recently with uh, the Youngstown Phantoms, um, his name escapes me, but he was a center, was really, really good. Um, White Law? Will Whitelaw. There were some major concerns about character issues with with Will Whitelaw down the line, and that held him out from a decent position and led him to slip to the Columbus Blue Jackets, for example. I mean, we have multiple examples of this happening in the NHL. Um, it's just a matter of how much you value that elite skill set. Because I mean, among the non-NTP USHL guys, for me, Conley's at the top in terms of skill set. What do you think? Yeah. Yeah, I mean, it, it, it's especially difficult early on in the, in the scouting cycle to to kind of have to isolate like on ice performance because especially with like character issues and and, and <laughs> overall personality things like that, we're only going to really learn a lot more about that as the season unfolds. And yeah. all we can really do at this point is evaluate the on ice product and make uh, decisions about how we rank accordingly uh, mm -hmm. based off of uh, those other things uh, yeah. later on in the year. But in, in terms of on ice, I've been very, very impressed. Like, as you said, this is a pacey, highly skilled, creative offensive mind who uh, is just as talented a playmaker as he is an attacker. But yeah, there's definitely a lot of questions with Trevor Connolly that uh, extend way beyond the on ice things here. Yeah, absolutely. Um, it's a shame because, I mean, on skill alone, I mean, we're definitely talking a player who could go top 15, maybe even top 10. I mean, the skill set is out off the charts. It's just there are major questions there. And I can definitely understand a team slipping him out of their first round entirely. But I have a feeling that he'll he'll stay within that range for us, especially in a draft year like this. Um, but moving on to Sasha Bovar, because he's impressed me a lot more with his maturity on the ice. Um, he's he's got a scorer's mindset, but there are definitely some some elements of his playmaking ability that have really really stood out to me. He's one player that um, every time you watch him, you can see what he does well so well, um, and just he has this kind of gravitational pull to him, where he's able to attract players just by virtue of holding on to the puck for a second longer um, and waiting for the right lanes to open. He's not the type of player that necessarily, you know accelerates his passes through lanes early that kind of stuff i mean there's a lot of these issues that you see heading into the nhl even for some prospects where they'll precipitate a pass through a lane because they're worried about losing the puck or getting hit um well that has this calm on the puck that's really really impressive um and he's per he's my personal favorite um kind of quebec born player that i've seen easily in the last three four drafts um, heading back to Alexis Lafreniere, I mean, he's he's the Quebec-born player I've I've enjoyed watching the most, and it's just there's such a maturity and poise and calmness to his game, and like I said, he's got a scorer's mindset. He's looking to shoot, he's looking to get open off the puck, but he's not letting that dominate his play to the point where he's missing chances to delegate to teammates to make life easier for his teammates and all that. And on top of that. Um, even though it's not perfect, there are some defensive flashes that are really interesting, which I think you can build off of fairly comfortably. Um, he's the type of player for the moment that I have in my kind of 15 to 25 range, but um, 
let's end things off with Michael Hage. Michael Hage is a very interesting product, right? Um, out of the Chicago Steel. Um, what do you think of his game so far? He's a fascinating case study. I mean, this is a player who, as of right now, has only played 23 games since his OJHL days with the with a really stacked Toronto Junior Canadiens team alongside yeah. guys like Porter Martoni and Henry Muse. Uh, and that's pretty clear that he hasn't had that much experience since those days, uh, in my viewings. He is really skilled. He's a, he's a, he's a very, he's a strong skater. He's creative, but the pace of play and uh, the overall uh, like off puck habits are are definitely still a work in progress. And he's still getting accustomed to the USHL level uh, in everything that isn't uh, just on puck play. And, sure. and even with the puck on a stick, the scanning habits aren't very refined. He gets caught off guard by defenders in the USHL, which is a little bit concerning because it's not exactly a, a defensive powerhouse of the league. And sure. uh, yeah, but that said, look, I'm very curious to see how he builds off of this this season because the foundation of, of tools is so impressive. But mm-hmm. everything beyond that is still kind of being worked on as of right now because he missed so much of last season. And and that obviously has a big impact on players. So uh, his, his case is evolving. I think as of right now, the toolkit itself would probably have him quite solidly in my second round range. But I yeah. think in order to entrench himself in that top 32 conversation, he will at the very least need to really take control of that offense in Chicago. Because mm-hmm. right now he's he's kind of like a, a tertiary offensive piece in the, on that team uh, when he is playing on that first line. So yeah. uh, he would he will need to be a bit more proactive and a bit more, I guess, uh, dominant in in order to, to to project as that high on high end talent. But uh, yeah, I still have quite a few questions uh, with his game at this point in time. Definitely, and I think it's just a matter of time before he kind of gets acclimated to that level because he he's a For very sure. skillful player. I mean, he's the type of player who regularly connects plays well. He's he's fairly linear and fairly kind of straightforward in terms of his approach, but he's very single um, speed, which is a concern yeah. of mine for sure. That that's the main thing is I feel like as soon he's another player that as soon as he starts to if he if he's able to as soon as he starts to develop that ability to manipulate speed in order to make things happen on the ice. I feel like his scanning habits are good. He's able to identify his surroundings well, quickly identify his next play. It's just a matter of, okay, can you can you add more variety to your to your game? Um I'm looking forward to see how that develops. I feel like by the end of the year we might have Michael Hage in our first round, but we'll see how yeah. that develops. Uh, but that wraps things up for today's episode. Thank you very much for tuning in. If you're watching on YouTube, make sure to like and subscribe. Leave us a comment letting us know what you want us to talk about next. And if you're listening on your favorite podcasting platform, make sure to make us your first listen of the day. For your second listen of the day, make sure to check out Locked On Sports Today. They've got all your news and updates about what's going on in sports. And make sure to tune in tomorrow as we've got a kind of Euro-centered episode where we talk about a bunch of draft eligibles and drafted prospects coming up in today in tomorrow's show. This has been Hattie Kalakesh with Sebastian High, and we hope you tune in next time.